demons and monsters. They exist among us, and sometimes they win. Even the devil was an angel once. The world has its own rules, and these rules are not human. Some of us seek answers to the origin and existence of cryptids and the unexplained. Join us as we venture beyond the known and accepted boundaries. Welcome to our nightmare. I think you're going to like it. Folks, good evening and welcome to another episode of Phantoms of Monsters Radio, where we explore the strange and the unexplained. I'm your host, Lon Stricker. Thanks for joining us. Now, uh, before we get started, uh, if you enjoy our content, please subscribe, like, and share our presentations. Uh, and also, please feel free to uh, place any comments about the show. You have suggestions. Uh, it's much appreciated. Super chat. Is active during the show, so uh, please show your support for Fans of Monsters Radio. Uh, you can do that by clicking on the dollar icon underneath the chat. Uh, you can also support us by using the Buy Me a Coffee link or banner, and uh, it, there's also a link in the description below. So your consideration is very much needed and appreciated. Uh, so tonight our guest is Jason Hewlett, who's a journalist, broadcaster, and podcaster with a degree in filmmaking and film studies. A lifelong interest in the paranormal led him to join Vancouver Paranormal Society in 2017, where he was a lead investigator and society director until 2020, when he and colleague Peter Wren launched the Canadian Paranormal Foundation. He is a writer, director, and co-creator of the award-winning Paranormal Reality series, We Want to Believe and narrator for the UFO show, both of which are on the Paranormal Network. In 2020, Jason and Peter Wren co-authored co the uh, best-selling book, I Want to Believe, One Man's Journey into the Paranormal, which highlights Peter's career as a paranormal investigator. And in 2021, the follow-up book, I Want to Believe, an Investigator's Archive. And then a third book, the most recent, Dying Light, an investigation into near-death experiences, experiences which came out in June of this year. So, uh, Jason, thanks for coming on tonight. Well, thanks so much for having me on, Lon. It's an honor to be here. Uh, yeah, we've never met, so it's always nice to meet somebody. Uh, and I appreciate you following us for the time you mentioned before. So, uh, yeah, great to meet you. It's great. It's great to meet you, too. Um, yeah, I've been waiting, excited about this all week, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I did read the description and a bit about you. What what are you actually doing now? What you know, you, you you're doing some presentation, you just wrote a book, mm -hmm. uh, and we're gonna talk about that because I know we've got people who are interested in near-death experiences. So uh, but just give us a, a thumbnail what, what you've been doing. Well, yeah, I I mean I kind of I've been interested in the paranormal for forever like we were talking about before like most people are like you know started interest as a child but it's really only in the last few years that i've kind of really started doing this i don't want to say professionally because it just seems like an odd phrasing to use for something <laughs> like yeah. in this kind of line of work yeah um but yeah no like i'm focusing primarily on i manage uh, the paranormal network 
for Joe Blow Media Incorporated. So I'm the guy that show runs all the programming on there. And we've got about five or six ongoing series that cover everything um, from, from UFOs to Bigfoot to hauntings. My, myself uh, and Peter do a couple shows, uh, Hunting the Haunted, where we kind of dissect different well-known hauntings and ghost stories. And then we have our documentary series, We Want to Believe. Um, so that's kind of one side of things. And then mm-hmm. the other side of it, is doing the authorship. So we just finished the book Dying Light and we're working on another book for Beyond the Fray Publishing. Like our books have been published through Beyond the Fray with G. Michael Hopf and Shannon Legro. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're also like, I'm, I'm a paranormal investigator and that's kind of where all this really started. Like uh, I, I co-founded the Canadian Paranormal Foundation and we go out and investigate hauntings, residential hauntings, haunt, commercial hauntings, historic sites, you know, we get a bit into Bigfoot hunting more for our own entertainment and, and interest than anything else. And, you know, do sky watching and things like that. So, yeah, that, that's my day. Like every day is just doing this kind of like yourself with the blog, right? Collect it, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's an eclectic thing. Uh, you know, so much of the paranormal is connected now. And uh, it's interesting all the things you can come up with. But, uh, yeah, exactly. It, it so, is. And I mean, that's why we jump from every, like a little bit of everything it feels like right now, like just kind of fingers in a whole bunch of different, different pots, just seeing, seeing what comes out of each and every one of them. So mm-hmm. I feel kind of opportunistic doing it, but at the same time, it's just the way it's kind of work out. This wasn't by design. It just sort of happened. Um, so you wrote this book, Dying Light. Uh, tell us a bit about it. I mean, uh, first of all, have you had a near death experience yourself? Well, and, and that's the funny thing. I, I personally haven't, although I had an experience that, that mirrored something in, in the book. Um, Peter had had a near-death experience when he had a liver transplant. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. he, he had flatlined, basically. But we were interviewing people for our second book, um, the investigator, an investigator's archive. And one of the stories in there, uh, we were interviewing Angela Artuso, who's a paranormal investigator out of New York City. And she was kind of telling her life story. And she had had this near-death experience that was so different than near-death experiences we'd heard about before. That wasn't the typical tunnel of light and shadowy figure going over, you know, into another side of the universe. Um, hers was different. It was a bit frightening, but it was really profound. And when we kind of finished the interview with her, I, I called Peter up you know, right away because we were doing it over Zoom because it was in the middle of the pandemic. And I uh, said, we got to write a book about this, like about near-death experiences, because this story is great. It, it wouldn't fit into this other book. So let's go out and kind of just talk to different people who had near-death experiences and talk to kind of neuroscientists and grief counselors and a whole range of people and, and put it in this book. And, and we pitched it to Beyond the Fray and they liked the idea and it, it just sort of rolled from there, actually. Mm. Interesting. So uh, tell us a bit about some of the experiences that you've written about. Well, one of them, Angela's, was really interesting. And it's a chapter in there called The Man in Black. And her story, uh, she works at a hospital and she was a passenger in the car on the way to work and was T-boned. Mm. And the, the truck that hit her, like it shattered the window in the passenger side. She was wearing a scarf because it was February. The scarf got tangled up in the grill of the truck as it pulled across and started strangling her. Mm. Somehow that came loose. The vehicle spun around. The driver was fine. So they got out to get help. And Angela's laying there, just a, a broken, bloody mess, really. And she knew that if she kind of closed her eyes, that, that would probably be it. But like she kind of figured, I'm not going to make it. And next, she kind of looks over in the, the, the driver's seat, and there's a man sitting there staring straight ahead, wearing all black, white porcelain skin, black hair, 
eyes black, like, you know, the, the black-eyed children phenomenon, basically. Mm-hmm. And he's just sitting there, not looking at her, staring straight ahead. And she tries communicating with him, and he responds, but not, like, telepathically. You know how it usually goes in near-death experiences? They're actually talking to each other, and the man's basically telling her, you're going to be fine. Don't worry. You're going to get out of here. And he just keeps repeating this to her. And, it, and as the paramedics come and the fire emergency responders and they cut her out of the vehicle, like the jaws of life, and they load her into the ambulance and the, the man in black's there with her holding her hand at this point, telling her everything's going to be okay. You're going to be fine. They drive to the hospital, pull her out to take her into surgery. And she's like, where's, where's this guy? Where's the man that was with me? And she's getting hauled off. And they're like, you were the only one in the ambulance. It was you and the paramedics. That's the only, you were the only ones there. And it was just, that's basically her story. So it's, it was just so unique and so unlike anything else that, that we'd heard that I'd heard just as someone with an interest in near death experiences. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the one that kicked it all off really. Um, other ones in there fit more into the traditional tunnel of light, you know, cloudy plane area, some figure waiting for them on the other side, that kind of thing. But that was, that was the most unique story in it that we gathered. I have a, yeah, especially those uh, those instances that are similar to what you, you mentioned earlier, uh, where people are in an accident or something and they're clinging to life and somebody comes to them and, you know, is there holding their hand or or communicating with him, telling them that everything's going to be all right. I've, I've heard so many of those. Um, I You know, there was one instance that I remember and this was out in California, and I don't remember the exact location, but uh, there was a um, there was an automobile accident, and the woman was in the car, and uh, this person came to her. This other woman came to her dressed in a paramedic's outfit, and uh, she thought it was actually the paramedic, and she was talking to her and and but she wasn't doing anything other than just talking to her and after the you know the fireman got there got her out got her in ambulance got her to the hospital she was asking about the paramedic and it turned out it was a uh it was it was the paramedic that was in a helicopter coming to the uh to the accident and crashed and the woman died. Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> That's unreal. Yeah. That, you know, I, that was one of the most amazing ones I've heard, but I heard another one very similar to that too. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you hear all kinds of crazy stories, but, um, that one's kind of stuck with me. Well, and that would, cause that's almost like it's one part near death experience, one part ghost story. You know what yeah. I mean? That, something that happened immediately, like just, just, you know, like, minutes earlier like that's 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 crazy but fascinating you got to wonder if the paramedic actually even knew she was dead and you know just came to this woman's aid though the the act that from what i remember is the uh helicopter accident was like four or five miles away from the actual accident and uh yeah she was there and when she described it to the people in the hospital they were stunned because it was exactly the description of the woman who had died in the crash, the helicopter crash. That's amazing. It's almost like an intelligent haunting. Yeah. 
right? Yeah, you know, I, I wonder if the paramedic knew they were dead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's it, what I'm saying. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, you know, know. Maybe she didn't even know she had died. Um, you know, I, I do spirit rescue work, and occasionally, you know, you, you will go into a situation where you're trying to help a client, and it, it seems the earthbound doesn't even really know they're dead. You try to communicate, but the way they react and the way they act, it's just like, well, they don't even know they're they're dead. They they're here, but they they don't even know they died. So that's a, uh, yeah, that's a common question we ask when we do our investigations with Canadian Paranormal too. Is do you do you know that you've died? Like, what year is it right now? Right, and and sometimes you get that it's you know a hundred years in the past kind of thing. It's like, well, no, it's actually you know twenty twenty or twenty twenty one, not not you know. 1920 yeah. or 1921 right i think a lot of spirits don't realize what's happened to them right oh yeah, absolutely one of the theories we've come up across it's all it's all speculation but you know yeah yeah it's um i mean you you hear of all kinds of reasons why they be, you think they believe they're here they you know they're they're there but they know they're dead they're there by choice because they had unfinished business or they're there to protect one of the living or or they just don't know they're dead. So you know, you 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 hear all kinds of uh, hear all kinds of stories. But if you're into like spirit rescue and um, and uh, if you do have some type of intuitive connection or psychic connection with them, uh, you can hear you can get a lot of uh, a lot of different uh, uh, stories or interpretation of what they think is going on, and. Quite frankly, a lot of them don't even want to move on. It's, you know, it's all, you know, it's all free will. If they don't want to move, they don't move. No, and, and I mean, we've in, we've encountered that as well, right? Yeah. Like, you know, in, in certain cases, some of them, it is simply like that recording, like almost like the stone tape theory is they're just spirits that have, an event has been more recorded than anything else. But when it seems intelligent or, or even like, you know, spirits that move around, they, We've had cases where people, the spirit has followed someone, like, you know, someone was a, a grief counselor in counseling, and it was the, the spirit of someone who'd committed suicide, and the person who was the counselor was counseling the, the loved one left behind, but the spirit didn't want to, didn't want to leave that person who they loved, even though they'd killed themselves, you right. know what I mean? Right. And then followed the counselor home, because there was sort of, they felt sort of a connection to the counselor. Yeah. Which I, I find just, just very interesting. So it's like, it's, they're, they're still being people. Right. <laughs> right. They're just they're just not here. Yeah. I mean, some of the more interesting stories that I have heard or I've run across while doing work or in nursing homes, particularly even hospitals. But, um, you know, people who are in a nursing home or maybe they're at that point where they're getting near to death. Uh, they describe all kinds of weird stuff. I mean, um not only the relatives you had passed on, but, you know, a lot of different things. And, um, you know, I, I had one woman tell me at one point, she said, there's at least 20 people that come in here anytime during the day or night. Uh, I know they're not alive, but they just come in here. And I, I asked her, I said, well, do you ever, have you ever had this ability to see them before? And she just didn't. And she said, no, all of a sudden I'm starting to see all these people. And she said, I think, I think I'm going to be dying soon. I just, that's just the way I feel. Even though she wasn't really sick, she was just in this nursing home. And uh, honestly, she didn't last but a couple of weeks longer. She just died from uh, natural causes. 
That must be maybe as you get closer to the end, right? It's like when you're you're young and a kid, kid like my son, and especially in the first few years of his life, would see stuff all the time and talk about, you know, the the thing in the walls at our house or the thing that was living downstairs that would always mm-hmm. bug the dog. And he's, he's he's gotten older, he's seen less and less, you know, less stuff. He's eleven now. Right. And I always wonder if towards the end it's kind of the same thing. You're just sort of your your mind just lets you kind of get back in tune with what's going on around you. Yeah, um, with the paranormal. I mean, my mom went before she passed away was seeing stuff in her house all the time, and yeah. just in the last few weeks of her life, right? Like it was there all the time. Exactly. Yeah, I've um, yeah, I, I've run across a lot of different things, but um, yeah, and I've done a lot of work with kids, and uh, it's interesting some of the things they come up with because when you do talk to them, they're seeing something. Oh yeah, uh, you know, they're realizing something. I mean, they're they're so young; they haven't been given uh the word that they're not really supposed to be seeing this stuff you know but oh yeah <laughs> they're you know, but they're they're not uh, compromised and uh yeah it's really bizarre i can remember my kid he was maybe one and he just one night he was crying so i went in to take a look at him and he was standing up in his crib and just pointing like into the corner of the room and crying and just going like this, like he, there was something in that corner of the room that he said, and I looked and I couldn't see anything. It was just, it was just dark, but I thought mm. that was, that was kind of fascinating too. It, it's yeah. I think it's just a natural part of our experience. We just haven't figured it out yet. And it, and it freaks people out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, James West has asked, uh, what's the most common thing that you hear from those who have had a near death experience? The most common, mm-hmm. I think, What's interesting is everyone who's had one, at least that we interviewed for the book, is that it was a positive experience. Oh, really? Some, yeah. They, I know that there's people who've had negative experiences, and, and we might write a second book focusing on that. But all the people we interviewed for the book came back with a renewed vigor for life. They saw the world very differently. They felt more at peace with the concept of death. All of them were like, yep, sign. when it happens, I'm ready to go. Um, and they all sort of saw that the world that the society we're in was something that we created and they didn't feel that it was the reality of life. Um, they thought life was a lot more spiritual, a lot more about love and togetherness uh, and just found it very positive. So that was, that was, I thought really, really interesting. It was uplifting to, to write a book about death and kind of come out of it with that general message. I thought James. Uh, Vincent wants to know, do you think paranormal investigators are more likely to experience things at their home? I Everyone that I've been investigating with has had stuff. Ha- I have stuff happening in my home. I had stuff last night. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, yeah, me too. I mean, and every home I've I've lived in, I've had stuff happen, even if it was a brand brand new build. So I, I know my colleague Peter has stuff happen in his homes. Other people on the team have had it happen. I think, I think we're just maybe like yourself, Lon. You're just in tune a bit more because you're maybe you're open to the idea, so you're not dismissing something as just ah, it's out of the corner of my eye, whatever. Yeah. Um, but even stuff that's been so on the nose, like where you can't dis- dismiss it as something else. Like, yeah, I think it gets, c- comes with the territory. Well, you know, I, I'm an intuitive, so it, it, I, I kind of drawn to that stuff, maybe a being a beacon and, uh, the energy is drawn to me and maybe tag along if I, you know, if I'm on a case or something and comes, I try to, I try to avoid that, mm-hmm. uh, as much as possible. It can be a problem at some point, but, um. Yeah, it does happen. And, you know, it's interesting. When I when I started doing Spirit Rescue, I started getting involved with helping people. You know, most of our cases were actual people who were doing paranormal investigations. Really? Yeah. <laughs> interesting. I, 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 honestly, I'd, I'd say 70% or more were paranormal investigators that were 
dragging stuff home with them. Well, and and we we always call it we call it the paranormal hangover, where the next day you're just completely destroyed. And and some people think it's maybe because something followed you home, or they just bled your energy dry, or maybe you just stayed up till three o'clock in the morning and you shouldn't yeah. have. But uh, and and we've had people say that they thought something's followed them home, or or yeah, or followed us from my home to an investigation, that kind of thing. I think it's just kind of part of part of being an investigator, really. But I think it's around us all the time, anyways, no matter where you are. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, um, I mean, there are times when I I'll be at that point where I'm. And it's very rare now, as opposed to what it used to be, but I I can be laying down, and getting ready to go to sleep, and you're almost at that point where you know between sleep and being awake, and it's like occasionally I I start seeing faces like in a window or something trying to get my attention. Uh, and they are they're and they're trying to get my attention they're you know they're just trying to um get me to pay attention to them they they always have something to say to you uh it seems you know and i try to ignore that i i've gotten better at ignoring it uh but unfortunately some people just are not good enough to ignore it or <laughs> not able to ignore it but no i've heard all kinds of stories from people who are beacons uh it turns into be a lot of problems and um you know, a lot of hauntings that I've been involved with are people who are beacons who are who have abilities, but they're you know spirit energy is drawn to them, and uh, you know it's just a matter of getting them to um, to realize what's going on and to kind of learn how to protect themselves and how to ignore it for the most part because some people it just drives some people crazy. Oh, oh yeah, no, it's it's something you do have to learn to control. I mean, we, we have a case we're we're fortunate that we can we keep being able to go back. She keeps letting us into her house where this activity is going on, mm-hmm. and she doesn't want to move. So it's stuff that we've told her like you need to, you know, you have to be in control of this situation. It's your house, so you mm-hmm. if you want if you don't want to move and you don't want to try to get someone to kick it out of the house, you got to figure out how to coexist with it. <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? And you lay the ground rules down. You can't scare my kids anymore. You can't do this. Like stop closing doors in front of our faces right like but you got to be firm like you would be with a child or some neighbor that was bothering you basically um and then i know for myself i just i try to ground frequently like you know once or twice a week do grounding exercises just so i don't feel all just pulled in a bazillion different places at once and see stuff all the time out of the corner of my eyes well Uh, you know for someone who does what we do i think that's that's got to be done all the time yeah. Uh, and it's good that you do that. Um, you know, if I get into a situation, I try to protect myself in particular for the situation. But uh, just being a homer, you know, I do try to ground myself. And, um, yeah, I think that's, that's a prerequisite for anybody that's involved with this. Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. Um, Vincent wanted to know, have you heard of extraterrestrials in near-death experiences? That was something that we did touch on j- just a little bit in the book. Um, okay. I know it's something that people talk a lot about extraterrestrials being there. And even because the, the experiences are almost so similar, like in terms of like, like, you know, rep- some reports of alien abductions and then and some reports of near death experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't get too far. We didn't get too far into it um, just because we suddenly had all so much material that we just, we sort of saw the one direction the book was kind of going. So I think I'd like to, if we write a second book, focus more on some of the people that didn't have the good experiences and then touch more on the alien, the alien experience that goes along with it. I mean, right. 
And I, and I think it's interesting how how extraterrestrials, like, you know, they don't just come up in NDE, they come up in Bigfoot sightings and, and so much other paranormal experience, you know, experiences and locations. Like we have a place not far from here where we go squatch hunting, where there's also UFO seen quite a bit, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's interesting how the extraterrestrial theme kind of ties into so much within, within the paranormal field. Yeah, I, I think more investigators are starting to realize that too. It does. It does seem that when you get involved with a case, it, invariably something else pops his ugly head up there. I mean, you know, uh, you got spirit activity or UFO activity, even in extraterrestrial activity involved. Whether you're doing a like a squatch case or some some other cryptic case, there always seems to be something else behind it. Oh yeah, yeah. We did uh, some episodes. We did a big series of Bigfoot hunt episodes for We Want to Believe a couple of years ago, and we went out to this location, and we were doing all the stuff for squatching. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like the baby crying, and we we brought a Aboriginal man with us who could do the prayers and the the, the tree knocks and everything. But because we're um, we're ghost hunters, we figure well, we've got a spirit box. Why don't we just break it out and see what happens, right? So we walked off. As soon as we turned that thing on, before we even asked a question, this voice came through, "Help me." And we started really? doing lines of questioning. We got a name, a guy named Robert, and this continuous request for help me. So we ended up, we decided we wanted to go back later and try to do some research, see maybe if someone named something happened to a guy named Robert in this area um, and, and how that tied into things. And we didn't really get much, but on the drive back down, we saw a roadside marker for a gentleman named Robert Backer who had died only a few kilometers down the road in an accident from where we were squatching. And so that just took on a completely different direction. And it just, yeah, I don't know. It was just, it's, it's interesting how we got those parallels. Well, well, essentially trying to just do Bigfoot hunting. So what kind of experience have you had uh, in, in any, any investigations? Uh, we've had, we've had like a variety of them. Like, a, like a lot of the cases are like very typical, like not much actually really happens right. <laughs> you know, when, when you go looking, but then we've had, certain spots that we're kind of finding to be hot spots like we have one place uh, called bailey house which is about an hour and a half from where we live and it's a historical home that's mm -hmm. now open to the public and uh stuff has been reported there for years and we've had um we've had toy toy sh toys hey carter <laughs> toys come off the shelf <laughs> you know we had we i've been sworn at by spirits in in that house which i think is really interesting and downstairs in the cellar uh, we, we set up a laser grid system. So I don't know if you've used those lawn where you got, it's kind of basically, it does. I've, it, it I've seen them. Yeah. yeah. We had that. And the theory is that something will cut in front of it, that even if they're not physically there and sure enough, like we turned this laser grid on and you could see like, it was like a silhouette, mm -hmm. a shadow, like part of a person standing there, mm -hmm. turned on the light, nothing obstructing the laser grid that could have caused that turned it off. It's still there. And we did this three or four times. Then slowly you could almost just see the shadow almost like it, it walked away. We actually filmed that for We Want to Believe and got that on uh, on the, one of the episodes. It was called The Dollhouse, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, this one location, I can't give her name. It's the, the person where we've been able to go back repeatedly. Like we've had bangs. It's a three-story home. We've had whatever is in there having us running up and down all three stories because we'd be in the basement ask for something and through our digital recorders you could hear like give us a knock and suddenly on the third floor you could hear like two knock like two knocks like that so we go upstairs and when we're upstairs something bangs on the main level you know that kind of activity and this is a spirit this woman's lived in this house for four or five years it's a spirit that's been there as long as she's been there and she's had like when she moved in 
like Tupperware bins of clothes that were put downstairs suddenly materialize on the main level. Like they've, they've just sort of gone up, up a level and over. Mm -hmm. So it's that kind of activity, which is, it's the most, one of the most active places we've been, especially in terms of knocks and movement and just, you know, personal experiences. So we, we get a lot of things like that. Um, we've been lucky. Uh, there's a ghost town here in British Columbia named Barkerville. It's from the gold rush area. Mm-hmm. That we had access to the whole town for a weekend, and we had cameras set up where we've we've actually picked up apparitions on on film, like with motion sensor cameras going coming through a door. Which I wish I could show you that. We don't. I don't have the picture in front of me. Unfortunately, you got to take take my word for it. But that was, you know, rare to get those kind of pictures. So I guess really nothing out of the ordinary in this field. But stuff that for us is pretty exciting because, as you know, Lon, you can spend a lot of time waiting to get even just a good EVP. Um, in the last few years, we've we've noticed activity picking up. I don't know what the reasoning is. We've been getting a lot more active cases, a lot more cases involving electronics going off. Um, yeah, I, it's it's hard to explain. Like we've we've had a, a run in the last six months where there's almost every time we've gone out, we've had a number of things going off, motion sensors going off. Uh, cameras picking things up um, uh, 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 in a child's room. We had a baby Yoda that in order to activate it, you have to tap it on the head and it just started responding to us moving on its own to our questions. Can you move please? And the baby Yoda starts to turn. <laughs> Can you stop? And it would stop. Okay. Could you maybe move a little bit more? And, you know, it was responding that way. So I don't know why, but things have really ramped up in the last few years. I've been doing this for 18 years and it's been, I say really in the last couple that things have really become interesting from our perspective. Yeah. I think overall for most investigators who've been doing this a while, things have gotten a little more hairier the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. That's a good uh, way to put it is hairier. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it's just that um, there's so much different stuff that's showing up. Uh, it's uh, just unexplained, you know, uh, I mean, in my instance, it's been these these pale crawler humanoids or whatever the hell they're called. Uh, people call them, and uh, they just seem to show up in all kinds of different places. But, you know, even the cryptids themselves are, are kind of morphing into something else. Um, people have talked about dogmen or upright canines, and we're starting to get more of these things that look like hyena, you know, looking hyena-like, uh, especially here in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. We've had we're actually looking at five cases in Pennsylvania right now, uh, so um, it's that for whatever reason that's been picking up, but uh, yeah, it's been pretty it's been pretty wild. But you're right, you know, all in all, the activity has seemed to increase, and uh, you know, I, I, I can't say I'm really surprised. I think more people are, you know are looking around and seeing things and not as reluctant to come forward with it. Uh, I don't know if that's what's been going on with you, but uh, yeah, I think people are more open to it. I, I agree. Like I, I think part of, I think part of it is because we, we were forced to slow down for a while. So people were starting to pay more attention to what was yeah. going on around them. And I, yeah. I think that made a difference. Um, and I think there's just this energy now in general. I think people are, I think maybe because people are a little more anxious and ramped up and edgy, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That that's, that energy is going out there. Cause I, I think I'd almost say like, even though it, it, I've never felt threatened on any recent investigations, everything just seems more aggressive. Like it's something is really wanting to, to make contact in some way. 
Mm-hmm. Like I said, that the baby Yoda thing and the house where we're being run around different floors. Like I've, I've, like I said, I've been doing this 18 years. I hadn't had anything like that for years on so many cases with just, it was all just stuff. You get an EVP, you'd see a shadow, maybe you'd get a good picture, but it just seems like things are just becoming more aggressive it, it, for lack of a better term. Well, you know, that's just it. I mean, is the energy overall ramping up to the point where, I mean, are these something that's, from another level, from another plane, another existence that's coming in or somehow and making itself known as opposed to before. I, I suppose that's possible, but it does seem that we we are really getting a lot of weird, just like with this Chicago Mothman stuff we've mm-hmm. been working for all these years. I mean, that gets weirder and weirder as we go on. I mean, we just get more and more evidence that these things just are not here all the time you know they're coming in for another reality either another dimension and um you know it, it it's exciting it, it's something new to us but i mean wow it's like mind-blowing sometimes and uh you know as long as, long as people keep reporting we're going to look into it but of course you know this is like like everything else we're just we're just getting more and more um that, and that's what we've been noticing too, just in terms of haunting cases. We've had a run where we've had a really good run, not just like if we're just getting called out to people's homes and things just kind of seem to be happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it makes you wonder if it's building to something, right? Like, you know, like, like with even the Chicago Mothman, or like you say, yeah. the, the more, more dogmen sightings. What is the, the end game here? <laughs> you know well, I mean? that's just it. I mean, is there an end game? I mean, you know, people can speculate about all this stuff as much as they want, but you know, unless we get some evidence or some indication of what may be going on or why it's happening, yeah, it's all a guess. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you got to wonder, is there is there something that's going to break loose at some point? Do you think... Do you think part of it is the technology we have, Lon, where we can record things easier? Like, you know what I mean? Like, we've, we can break out a phone and, and shoot a picture of it. So before, it was like, I saw this Mothman or whatever it was, and then you had to tell it to somebody. And then the person yeah. would be like, yeah, you're full of shit. And then that would be, you know what I mean? That would be kind of it. But now you can, you can show a video of it or, yeah. or send you stuff to people like yourselves, right? Well, right. unfortunately, you know, in our case with Chicago, I mean, we're not getting much video evidence or photographic evidence because... The sightings are fleeting for the most part. Uh, it seems certain people can see it, even if they're in a crowd. Uh, are these things able to distinguish who's, or what sees them or who sees them? Uh, it's a lot of different variables that, you know, you've got to work around. But, um, I mean, it is an enigma, even though we think we're knowing, getting more and more information as we go. But, you know, I guess, I guess it's like that with everything, you know, um, I mean, you're up in British Columbia. You're in a, a Bigfoot area. People talk about Bigfoot. We're getting more. And Dave Scott even told me about this the other day, that they're getting more uh, dogman upright canine type sightings up in that area as well. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, why is that happening? I, you know, And, of course, I do believe that Bigfoot in some locations is an indigenous being, just like up there in the Pacific Northwest and, and maybe down in Florida and such. But I think there's a possibility that many of these cryptids are interdimensional. There's even a strong belief among our local uh, indigenous tribes that it's more of a paranormal being. Yeah. 
than a physical being, right? Like we, you know, a general friend I know named Chris Bose is an Aboriginal storyteller and artist. Like he, when we'd go squatching with him, he'd tell us tons of stories, you know, and, and Bigfoot's just one, just, just one of the many forest spirits that they, that they believe in. I mean, they're big with, in our area, one of them is the tricksters, which will actually try to lure you away, like out of your home or, or away from your campfire by sounding like someone, you know, outside you know i mean like you're around the fire and then you hear like your friend you know billy hey you know saying hey you know jason come come here come here and they're out in the woods you go out in the woods and the voice just keeps leading you further and further away until you're so far away they just grab you take you and take you over to the other side and you're never seen again right um there's a strong strong kind of supernatural belief in that in the area where i am right now um and bigfoot's just one of many and and they definitely believe that it's it's not um it's not physical it's it's a it's a interdimensional being of some kind you know it's interesting um and you know i've heard a lot of stories from a lot of indigenous folks uh and then i've heard other stories from those who from the past and um you know most have told me well you know bigfoot sasquatch whatever you want to call them is like a spiritual being to us Mm -hmm. and um then i found out something that was quite interesting i thought was that the um there used to be a tribe in this area called the Susquehannock <clears throat> and they, uh, and them just like all the other uh, tribes that were in this area at one point or another, uh, they had the stories about the, uh, about these beings as being forest spirits and such. And I actually saw a picture of a shield that the Susquehannock used. And it was actually a drawing of a Bigfoot. Really? You know, on the shield. Yeah. And that's the first I'd ever seen that. Now, so from what I understand, maybe it was used like a talisman or some, you know, like that for them as a protector or whatever. So I don't know. I mean, you know. I think it could be like, why and why wouldn't it? I guess, you know, any, sure. anything is possible, uh, you know, and just, just the same where like you have a lot of, um, you know, the, the, the First Nations or Indigenous peoples saying that they're connected to the sky people, like, mm-hmm. like aliens, and that they those were their ancestors, and they have a close relationship with them. So why not? Maybe, you know, maybe Bigfoot isn't so much an interdimensional being as it's an extraterrestrial being. The people have been abducted by aliens and seen Bigfoot on spaceships, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it's it's all, it makes, in a way, that makes almost the most sense. <laughs> like, well, you know? yeah, I mean, I've had, you know, I've had people who have been involved with habituations or have uh, had uh, Bigfoot creatures on their, their property. And I've had a couple tell me, oh, yeah, I saw one literally walk out of a craft one time. You know, it's like, okay, well, you know, it's not any different or more crazy than some of the other things I've heard about these things. So, yeah, it's very possible. Um, Vincent asked, uh, have you looked into the Fae Folk in hauntings and paranormal activity you know what Vincent? honestly no not too much um and that's just an area that's just sort of becoming interested in i know there's a lot of people that sort of look into the fey and 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 that but we don't have in western canada it's kind of the newest part of canada so there's not a lot of strong connection to our roots you know from from the uk or ireland or anything like that so mm-hmm. there's not even that much talk about it out where we are like it's it's very and even in canada people here just don't want to talk about the paranormal that much still like people are becoming mm-hmm. more open to it. And I think 
partly because it's just becoming popular with all the TV shows, et cetera, and documentaries, but they're not, there's there's just not this connection. Whereas if you go to Eastern Canada, it'd probably be like certain parts of the States where there's a lot more talk about the Fae and they they embrace it a lot more, Mm -hmm. um, which makes me think I'm living on the wrong part of Canada. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Maybe. uh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So... So no, but I, it's an angle I'd really like to look into because I know there is quite a correlation of, between the Fae and hauntings and the paranormal and paranormal activity in general. Right. Yeah. Um, Jose Sanchez asked, but ETs are physical beings, not spirits. So it's a little strange that they would be associated with near-death experience phenomena, right? I don't know. What do you think about that? It's... Yeah, like that's what I figure that that they're you know a solid being, but it seems like these the people that are having these near death experiences, and especially the alien abduction ones, it's more of a becomes this metaphysical experience, right? And yeah. I I can't I haven't had one, so I, I don't know. But it, it's you're going because even like even people that have these near death experiences, like the beings to them are 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 so that they encounter on the other side seem very much like you and I. Mm-hmm. Like they're there. Like it's mm-hmm. you could all, you could physically reach out and touch them. Yeah, they're but ethereal. They're I mean, I mean, you know, they're just yeah, they're yeah, exactly. Um I I guess they are. You know, I I, I had an encounter. Uh, I had a couple encounters, but I had an abduction. And when I went through that, the, the three tall beings that I had an encounter with were they looked like they were real. I mean, mm-hmm. they didn't look like they were some type of uh, manifestation of some type of non-ethereal being. Same. And I've even know, know people who have had encounters with, I think it was even Tim Weisberg with Midnight Society, Tim Weisberg, oh, yeah. who mentioned he, he had an encounter with a ghost where he could actually physically touch it. Is that right? That's what he said. Yeah. Like you could, you could almost physically touch the spirit. Um, and I mean, there's oh. got to be something to that because you do hear of people being like actually physically moved by spirits. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? I've even had an experience where I wasn't physically moved, but one was on, like I was opening a door in this tunnel system at an abandoned asylum. There's no way the door had it. There's no, no pressure. You could grab it and it would just swing freely. I pulled it open and something on the other side of that door grabbed it and pulled it closed with such force that I was pulled off my feet. And I'm, I'm six one at the time weighed like 200 pounds. So there's, that's gotta be some kind of manifestation of some kind of physical energy to do that. So I think all this stuff maybe can become physical or non-physical, non-corporeal, however you want it, almost at will. Yeah, I think you're right. Absolutely. I think you're right about that. Um, you know, you hear about poltergeist cases, and even though for the most part they're just uh, thought forms or tulpas for the most part, but they do seem to sometimes manifest into something more than non-corporal. I mean, you know. Oh yeah, like the you know, they move things around. They, they touch people. They physically touch people, and yeah, I mean, absolutely. People have been slapped by them. You know, absolutely slapped, scratches. Yeah. You know, they've had stuff thrown. They have chairs moved. Their beds lifted up. Like that's yeah. that's not a, even if you can't see it. There's something there that can move that, and that's a that's like a to me a physical form of energy of some no, it's kind. some type of force that's got yeah. The ability to, um, yeah, to manifest into something possibly real. Um, have you ever, from from Vince, have you ever experienced shadow beings, shadow creatures? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I like that's actually where I am right now. Where I live. That's almost the the, the majority of what we have going on here. In is the that house, right? Shadow beings. I've so, had... what are your thoughts on those? 
It's to me, I mean, it it's either a different form of a spirit or it could be something like I'm a big becoming a big believer in the whole multiverse theory idea. Well, yeah. You know, that it's something that it's something did that to me. If it's anything's interdimensional, it's more of a shadow being, I think. They're they're beings from somewhere else because they're more than a ghost. They're not a, a, a ghost, they don't so seem to haunt, but they're they're there. Um but yeah, I beyond that, I don't have too much thought on what it could be. I just know I've seen one and it's just bizarre. Like it's <laughs> it's bizarre. And it was the one I saw. I was sitting on the floor listening to music downstairs here, and I felt a presence behind me. So I turned and looked, and it was standing there. And it was a shadow, and it was tall and thin, almost like what a gray would look like, mm-hmm. although featureless. It was just a shadow. We looked at each other, and then it turned and it ran, but not like it ran so fast. It was almost just like a blur, just disappearing. But I t- saw it turn and run, but it almost like speed, it sped up in some way, like time sped up. Um, and that was just quite alarming to see that. And it wasn't even, you know, it was like, you know, nine o'clock at night. <laughs> kind right. of basement. So, you know, the, um, the shadow beings that I've encountered what, what working with clients, they just seem to be feeders to me. I mean, they're just, um, I don't, I don't think there's any connection to any real spirits or anything that once was living. Uh, I, I think there's a good possibility, maybe extraterrestrial or some type of, you know, you said multiverse, maybe some type of interdimensional being. But yeah. they, they seem to feed off a of life force. They seem to, to gather energy from locations where there's a lot of dysfunction, death, illness, or something to that effect. Yeah, in a hard as hell to get rid of. Well, yeah, it, it, exactly, and it, it's you know which I, I like the feeding idea because they do seem to be associated with certain or people who are in just in a, in a bad place. I know when I had my experience, I was I was as a crime journalist, so I was seeing horrible stuff all the time, and it was oh, just very yeah. so. And that's that's when I saw them the most. And then when they kind of reappeared was around the time that my mother passed away. You know what oh. I mean? And then and that kind of thing. So it, it, I think definitely that I like. I don't like that idea, but that's the thing that makes the most sense to me. Is they're not, but I don't see them as a as a as a as a ghost or anything like that. And I don't think they're anything that's that's lived on this earth ever. No, I don't. I either. don't like to throw the term demon around because that's a loaded loaded thing. I think it's even different from that phenomenon. <laughs> if that phenomenon's even real, you know what Maybe I mean? Like, I, I think you're like me because you know I I believe evil is evil, and the you, the term of demon, uh, well, you know, it's malevolent people like to use a lot of different phrases for bad things, but uh, yeah, I, I think the shadow beings come as close to that as anything. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And in, in our field, we call them negative hauntings instead of like a demonic haunting. It just, it's right. just negative energy. Like, you know, like exactly. I think it's, that's become more of a TV thing. That's given the term demon prominent. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I've just never liked that word. I mean, you know, I've talked to people who do exorcisms or do deliverances and stuff, and that word "demon" comes up. It just kind of, eh. uh, I know. You know. Have you ever seen a demon? Oh yeah. Well, I'm glad you had because I haven't. You know, <laughs> I, I I've seen a lot of bad things, but something is it? You know, is it really a demon? I mean, what the hell's a demon? I mean, no, I know. Bad is bad. Peter's the same. He's been doing this for almost 30 years all over the world, and he's not yeah. seen anything resembling anything demonic. And he even does work for an ordained exorcist. And out of the 10 years he's done work for them, yeah. he's just an investigator. He's maybe had one case, maybe, where it could have been something that could have led to. That's how he describes it. It's not like a, even a defined, 
oh yeah, there's possession here. You know what I mean? It's like maybe possibly could bleed that way. Exactly. Potentially. <laughs> sort of thing. So uh William Nighthawk said asked uh or stated some of the dogman cryptid creatures are supernatural more than likely demonic sources. So I mean that's his statement. So I don't know if I what you think about that. You know, I, I like I said again, um it can be supernatural. I mean, is it demonic? It's just bad. You know, I think some of them are bad. I think um, so. I, I think it's the same with go like like with ghosts that are actual spirits of people who've passed on. Some if you were a good person, your ghost's probably gonna be a good ghost. If absolutely. Were, the traits do follow. Ghost, yeah. Did, right? Like that that's just it. And I think, yeah, I agree with you that dogmen and those kind of cryptid creatures. I if there's if there's a super if they're supernatural in origin, which I, I think something like a dogman would be. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it would, it would act more like just a, a, an a, a supernatural being. It would neither be good nor bad. It would probably just do whatever. They do seem to be more vicious. Like the stories seem to center much more on negative encounters than anything else. Whereas Bigfoot had has had its mix of negative and positive. Mm-hmm. Dogman's def, definitely been more uh, like almost like werewolf encounters. It's just some vicious animal in the woods kind of thing. Yeah, they they kind of stand their ground and uh, they don't seem like they're too fearful much. But you know, I've heard people say that uh, you know you hear about this mind speak phenomenon or infrasound. It's like these things can kind of back people off. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they do have a specific type of ability to do something that, as opposed, you know, even people talk about it with Bigfoot. So um, maybe that's something they perfected to a, a, a bigger degree. I mean, we hear about that with these Mothman sightings in Chicago, mm-hmm. where uh, you know people are kind of talked into this or told to just back off and um, have lost physical sense of their legs. I mean, they drop to the ground sometimes. And so, that's there's lots of Bigfoot that have been reported that way, right? Sure. Like you know, and I mean, I've even been out in the woods at a cabin in local cabin and one moment everything's fine you know and it, we're in bigfoot country and the next moment like it's like the, all the hairs go up on the back of my neck and i get this feeling of dread and it's like you know i gotta go i shouldn't be here anymore it's time to leave and i've had that happen twice it's what you know more than 30 years i was going to this place like yeah and you just listen i'm like okay i'm going home <laughs> <laughs> so i don't want to be here in case something shows up uh moon medicine force has ever experienced a spirit hologram before like a snapshot out of time Oh, yeah. Like I, we've that like a couple pictures that we've received or that we've t- taken at different locations have definitely looked like something that wasn't from the present time period. It looked like sort of you know clothing from like the eighteen hundreds, and this was mm-hmm. in the gold rush place, which would make sense. That's when the gold rush would happen. Is frontier times mm-hmm. where in the picture it definitely looked like the clothing was was not of our time period. But that'd be the closest to like sort of a hologram kind of thing. I haven't seen something kind of appear in front of me that's looked looked like that. You know, it does it does seem to be in places where there's a lot of energy or a lot of activity occurred at one point. It does seem to have a, a lot of glitchy phenomena uh, where maybe we'll get flashbacks. I'm not necessarily saying it's a dimensional thing, but I think there's an energy that kind of crosses back and forth to where people can see certain things. Um I can't say I've ever experienced that, but I've heard, talked to people who said they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nor have I. Like I, the closest is at a place we would investigate a residential school. The same sort of event would repeat itself always at this in the same location at like you know midnight. You could hear right. foot, something running down the fire escape always. 
this corner of the building at midnight. And it just sounded like it was something replaying from the time that this facility was open and someone was probably running down those stairs. Yeah. Like well, that's like where I'm at. I mean, I'm not far from Gettysburg and I've been on the battlefield most of my life. And uh, most of that is just residual or just kind of energy that kind of pops back up at a certain time at a certain place. I mean, occasionally you do get something that's still out there, but not as much as you maybe at one point. But uh, yeah, that's what people experience out there a lot. Makes sense. It's a yeah. a scene of intense trauma, right? War. That's going to leave it. That's going to leave an impact and something in the ground. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, James West wants to know: Have you ever had a personal experience with a dog, man? No. You know, like I, they're such a recent phenomenon up here. Like we've heard very little about yeah. them in in my area. What we we get here is it is more the traditional Bigfoot sighting, and then sometimes, like we say, these other forest spirit trickster things going on but mm-hmm. bigfoot's the big thing here um yeah i would i don't know what i'd love to have a dogman experience i don't oh, know if I'd like, to have it, I'd like to have it be, you know <laughs> not me i'm kinda... telling you some of the stories i hear around here it's no way <laughs> in hell i want to have being kind of having a close account of one of those things uh you know if if it's at a distance and i see it okay there it is i i, I see be... it now I'll do the extent of mine and I'm in my truck and I'm ready to go. And it's like, yeah, that's one. And I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you, brother. I mean, no way in hell I want to have any dealings with one of those things. I mean, like I said, it'd be nice to see you, but that's about the extent of it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jose asked, um, technology definitely has had an impact on the paranormal field. I guess to some degree it has. I mean, um, you know, there's so many gadgets out there now. I, I guess it can only do, help at some point, just so it's not giving us false readings. We, but um, I, I don't trust like the any of the apps like at all. Oh, me neither. There's no way. I, I tried one once. I got one EVP, and then it told me I needed to subscribe for five ninety nine a month. So I was like, I deleted it immediately from my phone. We just stick with digital recorders, motion cameras, the, the laser grid, and we'll do. We'll use REM pods. You know, just like just to is a hope, but in the spirit box, we use that quite a bit as well lately, but we, even yeah. then we, we find it, there's too many opportunities for a false, a false positive, like in terms of, because of the radio chatter, like if you get a good old fashioned EVP recorded on a digital recorder, or even an old reel to reel that holds a lot more weight. I've gotten me. my best ones from those things. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> William Nighthawk asked, Lon, you must think of big brother, as an elemental, elemental being able to walk in both worlds. I think he's talking about Sasquatch. Yeah, I think they do. I mean, yeah. I think they I think they walk in a lot of different worlds, to be honest with you. For uh, sure. Yeah, I, 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 I think that's absolutely true. Yeah, uh, it, it, that's, and that's the best way to it. Like, people are like, well, why haven't we found a body? And why, have we, why don't we see it more often? Because it's not here all the time. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's how I look at it. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, and, and people, and you, you hear all this, the scientific uh, malarkey about, ah, oh, we're only going to be able to prove it if we see, get a body or anything, any physical evidence. Well, yeah, that's nice to say, but when's that going to happen? Uh, that probably will never happen. I doubt no. it'll happen. I, I agree. It's, it's one of those things, even like, like you look at when Nids did their their big you know multi year thing out at Skinwalker Ranch, right? Like mm-hmm. you had people who are highly trained scientists seeing things, but their equipment, their cameras wouldn't pick it up. They'd be like these blobs on the camera. It wouldn't look like you know, they they would report seeing having read the book, 
you know, portals open and things walking through it. But all the camera got was this, suddenly this orange light appeared on this camera and it didn't pick anything up. I think this phenomena doesn't work the way that people think it should work. You know what I mean? Or want it to work. You're not just always going to get it with a video camera or recreate it in a lab. It's beyond that. Yeah, I agree I with you. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Morigati asked, do you do anything to protect yourself from negative energy? Oh, yeah. Like, I I, I mean, I meditate daily. I, I do grounding exercises several times a week. Uh, whenever we go do an investigation, we start off by saying we're just here to communicate. We do our, we're just here to communicate. We, we mean you no harm. Wish no harm to come unto us. When we leave, we do that. Thank you for your time. You're not welcome to fall. You know, like we set the, the, the boundaries, which I find is enough really um especially like not none of us are particularly religious people so we don't do any kind of lord's prayer or anything like that we just yeah. it's part a lot of it has to do with your will and how you approach it um, yeah well i'm the same way i mean i you know uh you know if i get a haunting or something involved with if, if it gets beyond me i say yeah if you want to go to a priest or you want to have someone do the rights fine mm-hmm. uh, that's beyond me i mean i'm not going in that that direction as far as me and protection. I I use um, I do I do use if I'm specifically in an area, I do use either use white or golden light surrounding me, surrounding my auras and such, and I do grounding. But I always when I go into a location, there are two um, two stones I keep with me all the time, and that's a black tourmaline and the yttrium fluorite. And I always I've always had those with me. Um, yeah, they, and I know they seem to reflect a lot of things. Yeah, and, and the white light thing is I do that. That I make that part of my grounding. Like that just is part of that. And that I find that makes a tremendous difference. Yeah, I mean, even there's just something that makes you feel better, maybe mm-hmm. that energy can kind of, you know, have an effect. I, I think know. so. You can clear stuff out of your body too with it, right? Like you can by the time I finish like the grounding with the white light, I feel so much better just as, as a whole. I feel more grounded oh, affecting me. And I think it has a lot. It's like what you put out into the world is what you get back. Right. And so, and you'll pick that up too, I think, you know, as well. So exactly. You got to manage that. <laughs> oh, I agree with you. I agree with you. So, um, so Jason, we're did, well, this hour went by quick. It sure did. <laughs> how, uh, why don't you tell the folks how they can get in contact with you and, uh, uh, if they're, you're going to be doing anything, how they can get your books and so forth and so on. Well, yeah, all all the books um, like Dying Light and the two I Want to Believe titles are available through Beyond the Fray Publishing, and they're on Amazon as well. Uh, the Paranormal Network that I'm the manager of it's uh, it's on YouTube, so you would just search out the Paranormal Network on YouTube. It's the one with the black background and the white PN, and we're also on Facebook at Paranormal Headquarters. For myself, just come find me on Facebook or Instagram at jhewlett seventy two reach out. I'm always willing to talk and, and listen you know, as best I can <laughs> you know, kind of thing. You get, you can get inundated, but I try to yeah. get back to everyone eventually. Well, um, that's, and that's, that's what that's, we do. <laughs> it is. And Canadian paranormal foundation is up on, up on Facebook as well at Canadian paranormal foundation. Well, Jason it was great meeting you finally. And um, look, um, keep in contact and uh, you know, maybe we'll get you back on here soon. If you interested in joining a round table, that'd be great as well. So uh you know, we'll Absolutely. No, uh, this has been great, Lon. It's been great to finally meet you and, and talk to you and, and be a part of this show. Uh, and yeah, I'd love to come back and do a roundtable. That would be that'd be fantastic. So let's definitely keep in touch. Okay. Well, you take care and have a great, great weekend. You too, brother. Take care. Mm-hmm. 
Now, if you have a sighting or encounter report uh, that you'd like to be considered for personal report show or post on Phantoms and Monsters uh, blog, feel free to forward to me at lawnstrickerfantomsmonsters.com. Uh, if you had an unexplained encounter sighting, feel free to contact me through the blog site. I want to again thank Jason Hilda for joining me this evening. And, and thanks to each and all of you for watching and chatting. It's, you know, uh, your support is what makes all this possible. So please like, subscribe, share, and even comment on the show. So this coming Wednesday night at nine o'clock, we'll be presenting another narrated edition of uh, Personal Reports. And uh, then again on Friday, we'll, we'll also be presenting a Hauntings and Malevolent Entities Roundtable. And my guest will be Deliverer Bill Bean, along with investigators Jason McLean and uh, Richard Machella. And Spirit Rescuer Amy Majors is going to be tagging along as well. So, you know, that should be a very excellent show. So make sure you tune in. So until next week, stay healthy and have a safe, enjoyable weekend. Good night.